Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ah, yes, indeed, boys and girls. Gather around. Time for their history lesson. Today's history lesson will remind you that usually history repeats itself over a period of time, but follow along if you uh, want to go on this journey today. We are about to embark on a new college football season, and in a couple of days, you'll be among millions that every Saturday sit in front of your favorite television set or perhaps on a handheld device traveling somewhere or even maybe at your favorite sports bar, and you'll watch college football, and you do it with such ease. No matter who your team is, it's not just an expectation you demand and just know that you'll be able to find your team's broadcast somewhere because, well, that's what it's supposed to be. But we hearken back to a time that it wasn't the case. Uh, There were many, 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 many years that college football was, one, a sport that you attended or, B, you listened and, C, you read about. Because most games in college football did not appear on television. The NCAA believed that as the sport of college football continued to grow in the 40s and 50s and 60s and into the 70s, that the best thing for the game was for you to go. They didn't want television to give you any reason to not go to games. They felt it was their duty to help universities sell tickets. Some of you are old enough to remember that if you were a Florida Gator fan or an FSU fan in this state, you didn't watch your team on television every single week, home or away, regardless on any number of channels you can find. You either A, went to the game, or B, you listened on the radio to voices like Otis Boggs or David Steele and eventually Mickey Hubert. Um, and the same deal with the great Gene Deckerhoff. Or you read about them the next day. Even if you happen to go and watch or listen, you still had that newspaper that broke it down and explained why things happened. That's how college football was viewed, consumed, and covered for decades. Well, the NCAA felt that they needed control of anything on television. And back then, when it came to games on television, it was not your menu of games that even in a week zero has you watching games, but one to two games on a Saturday was all that appeared on television. That's it. And somebody decided what games would be on TV. It wasn't college conferences that said, well, we'll air these games. And so- No, 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 that wasn't the case. In 1977, the CFA, the College Football Association, was a group of university, colleges, athletic programs that was formed to control television. The NCAA realized that they were losing the ability of controlling it, and the CFA came along. Schools formed the CFA to go after the NCAA and say, listen, this is ridiculous. The ACC, the Big Eight, the Southeastern Conference, the Southwest, the WAC, 
Notre Dame, Penn State, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, all independents at the time, and the service academies made up the CFA. They were going to allow a group to represent them with TV networks. Two conferences said, no, we're not doing that. That was the Big Ten, and then the Pac-8 that became the Pac-10. They decided we're not going to join the CFA. Well, the CFA negotiated a deal in 1981. The NCAA said, we're going to challenge that. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. Georgia and Oklahoma were the two biggest members of the CFA that sued the NCAA and said, no, conferences should be able to structure their own deals. The NCAA said, no, don't do that. It's bad for the game. The Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA, the first of many cases that they would lose. January 27, 1984, NCAA versus the the Board of Regents at Oklahoma. The NCAA's TV plan violated the Antitrust Act, and it opened the door for conferences to begin and negotiate deals with TV networks. Uh, That led to, in July of 1984, when the Big Ten and the Pac-10 said, no, we're not going to do a deal, we're going to go on our own. Okay, good luck. Well, those in the CFA cut a deal that, believe it or not, paid schools, wait for it, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They thought they were cashing in big time. But the Big Ten and the Pac-10 decided to go on their own. They'll cut their own deal. Dick Dull was the then athletic director. How about that name? Um, Dick Dull was the athletic director at Maryland. And predicted in five years, this is in 1984, he said individual schools and conferences will all be going their own way with conference packages and selected network games, just like basketball does now. Back then, you could sell basketball packages to people like Jefferson Pilot, you might remember. He said, hey, we're going to find this, that all these conferences are going to want to do it. Quote, instead of one package the first year, the possibility of two, instead of two in year two, there'll be four, and, and down the road, they'll all cut deals, each conference on their own. Can you imagine the day that comes, that each conference cuts their own TV deal? What will be the world of college sports? Dick Dole, the Maryland Athletic Director in 1984. Imagine a world where they would cut their own TV deals. And so that led to decisions to be made by conferences. In 1991, Notre Dame was the first big domino that fell when the Irish cut away from the CFA and cut their own deal with NBC. <gasps> Who do they think they are? But they were making about 8 to $10 million. In 1994, shortly after CBS lost the rights to the NFC to Fox, which basically was what created Fox, the network that you know. When Rupert Murdoch said, look, if we're going to do something here, um, the Simpsons and Tracy Ullman ain't going to cut it alone. So I'm going to pay a lot and overpay for the NFC. CBS never thought they would lose it. They did. With the extra money not paying the National Football League for the NFC package, they decided we're going to enter again what they had done with the CFA, but because conferences began to say, what are we going to do on our own? Well, the SEC had an idea. I got an idea. Let's go cut our own deal with CBS. And on February 12, 1994, 
CBS cut a five-year deal with the Southeastern Conference to begin televising a game of the week in 1996. That five-year deal in 1994 worth $100 million. And like Austin Powers, it was a lot of money back then. $20 million per year in a conference made up of 12 members who split the money evenly. And you don't need to be a math wizard to realize it was less than $2 million per team. It was a big deal. Notre Dame had left to go to NBC. The Big Ten and Pac-10 had kept their deal because they felt like, hey, we're going to sign our own deal, which they did with ABC. Kept the Rose Bowl, locked that down, and off went the SEC to CBS. In 1994, the SEC thought, hey, this is great. And by the way, the first two years of that deal with CBS, guess where the conference championship game aired? That was on ABC. CBS owned the rights to put a game on at 3 o'clock, and the first two years of the deal, the championship game was still on ABC from the previous contract. But wait, after signing that five-year, $100 million deal, the SEC had an even Bigger idea. Their second deal was a cable deal with ESPN. Wait for it. For $6 million a year. They now, with $26 million to divide among 12 schools, they were making more than $2 million bucks a year. That's when the other conferences said, yeah, that might be the way to go. Look at the money they're making. And then conferences began to cut their own deal. In 2008, the SEC's deal, which was $20 million a year when they first signed, in 2008, the SEC signed the last contract with CBS. That game on Saturdays paid $55 million. And you're thinking, wow, that's a heck of a deal. That was the whole deal. It remained for years one of the greatest, cheapest, best bargains for a network. And felt, I mean, like the ACC now is handcuffed over the grant of rights through 2036. Believe me, there are TV people that will tell you the greatest media deal ever was the SEC's 15-year deal that ran through 2023 for the Saturday game that came at the biggest discount price ever, that the conference, as media money grew over the years, left tens, hundreds of million dollars on the table, but they signed the deal to lock it down for 15 years. Now, Disney, ESPN, ABC, they own the ESPN package. It's worth a few billion dollars. By the time the money averages out, SEC teams are looking at making at least 70, close to $80 million when you take into account the new college football playoff money. The number may grow even higher. Big Ten schools are expected to make around 75 to $80 million. And again, with playoff money, that may be higher as well. But now, look what happens with conferences trying to cut media deals and what's led to realignment. Look out for themselves. I bring you back to Dick Dole, the Maryland Athletic Director, 1984, who said the following. Then, when that day comes that conferences are cutting their own deal, do not be surprised if they do not care about the best interests of the game and will go out of their way to look out for themselves, even gobbling up teams of other conferences. And when that day comes, 
that we find ourselves with fewer and fewer conferences will regret such a decision because that is not what's good for the sport. I hope that day doesn't come, but my guess is at some point we will have fewer conferences, bigger TV deals, and conferences will get to be too big, and that will not be the game that you love today. That was Dick Dole in 1984. How history repeats itself a few years later. That's today's history lesson. <laughs> College football has a lot of history repeating itself. Remember then they thought, are you kidding me? We can make like a million and a half a year? That's awesome. Yeah. And an AD at Maryland said, you're going to regret it, man. Someday these conferences are going to eat each other up. He was right. Back to wrap up the Thursday show next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.